Well, hello and welcome to the Desert Spring United Methodist Church podcast. We are coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, more specifically Summerlin, Nevada. And I have an, I wish you could be here to see I have a phenomenal group of women. We had to bring extra chairs in today in the, in the studio um, to share. And so I'm very excited about that. My name is Julie Hart. I serve here um, as the director of Connectional Ministries and also the host of our Wednesday Word podcast. So we're going to go around the table here. And, and ladies, I'm going to ask you to um, introduce yourselves and um, share with us, you know, how you came to be at Desert Spring. Let's kind of start with your your story there. Phyllis? My name is Phyllis Murray. My spiritual gifts are prayer and hospitality and faith. Uh, I happen to be at Desert Spring. This is actually the third church in Las Vegas that I've been a member of. I started at University Church and then was privileged to be a part of a new church start out at Faith Springs. Um, and then when I retired, one of the times I retired, I came back to Vegas, and this seemed to be home. It was putting out a beacon of a place to be uh, where my gifts could be useful and where I would enjoy the friendship of many people, fellowship. Wonderful. Thank you. Dorothy, how about you're the newest, actually, uh, member of the church. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your story. Um, yeah, I've been here a little over a year now, and... Um, we moved here from uh, California, and before we left, my daughter and I both said that uh, we need to find a church where we can serve, and so that was uh, what we looked for when we came out here. We came here because we were recommended from a, a lady who attends the church in Los Angeles that I went to. She has friends that go here, so she recommended this church, so we came by and came a couple of times, and then... Uh, then we visited a couple more churches. Then uh, my daughter kept visiting other churches that had a lot of praise bands, and I prefer choirs. So uh, I came back, came a couple of times, then I left, went someplace. I, I went around a lot of churches in the area. And then Good. finally I just said, God, I need to find a church where I can serve and just be settled. And I came back here. And um, Pastor Dave had been gone the whole month that I had been bouncing back and forth. And when I came back, he was here. And he said, if you'd like to uh, be a part of the part of serving or in the groups or anything, I'll go see Julie out in the entry there, and she'll introduce you to somebody. So I went yeah. and saw Julie, and she introduced me to a group of the, the women's group. And uh, they looked at me and said, good, you can help us in October at the luncheon. <laughs> All right, that's what I want to do, serve and work. If it doesn't involve work, I, you know, I'd kind of bow out. Um, so I met up with them, and then I told Jake that I would like to sing in the choir because I've sung in the choir in every church that I've been in. So um, I met up with him and got into the choir, and uh, so I've been in the choir and in the women's group and serving on the board of trustees, and I enjoy every minute here. Yeah, I remember that Sunday when you're like, okay, I think I'm ready. And talking about, well, you could do this and talk to this person or here, here's this person taught to and, and here's this. And then you said yes to all of it. <laughs> it was great. And you and you said yes and you show up to all of it and you're a blessing in all those areas. So that's that was really remarkable to see. You, you were just ready. Yeah. So That's such a good example of it? somebody just coming and diving right yeah. in. Yeah, you know. It's yeah, so well, cool. you know, I I tell people, you know, if you're gonna tell somebody you're gonna be there, then be there. Mm -hmm. That that's it. Yeah, 
And you are, you're pretty much here. I think we give you every other Saturday off, huh? Yeah, every other Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's awesome. So Katie, you, you've been here a long, long time. Yeah, my name is Katie. I actually started attending this church when my family moved over from Kingman, Arizona. Uh, we followed Pastor Dan, it was at the time. Um, and I think I was nine years old. <laughs> mm, wow. So I've gone through a lot of, you know, change and transformation as a young child, you know, at this church and a few times coming and going and, and then coming, you know, back. And like Phyllis said, it kind of just really starts to feel like a home here. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many people here that have seen me through and supported me. And I walk into this church and I just feel loved and welcomed all the time. And if it wasn't this church, you know, it would be really hard to find one that felt this, this, yeah. this same way for me, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. They've loved you through a lot of things. Oh it's, yeah. 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 It's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, that's great. And we have Brenda. Hi, my name is Brenda Pearl Hare. I've been at this church over 15 years. I found out that Pastor David was going to be here. I met him at University Church and found out he was going to be here. So I started coming here mm -hmm. and drove right back in. Yeah. I, yeah, right uh, back into all right of back it. In. <laughs> and you but, were very involved at University Church as yes, well. Yes, I was. So. Yeah, we go back. We share that history back many years ago, many, many years ago when we were raising young young ones that yes. all grew up and became, yep, wonderful. All right, Bibi. I'm Bibi Breckner, and I joined the church in 2017 after being in Las Vegas, moving here uh, less than a year earlier. Um, I... Um, I try to get involved as much as I can, and I've enjoyed every minute of it, trying different things. That's what I love about this church. You can try out different services, uh, different service methods and modes. And one thing that um, I do have the spiritual gifts of discernment and knowledge and faith, and I found that working when I first uh, saw a sermon online, actually, in 2017. So um, I just thought this was a wonderful place, and it has been a wonderful place for me to grow. Mm, I, I love that, and I love that you know, we are talking about spiritual gifts today. We're, we're actually in a series right now, a sermon series, a kind of an all-campus series right now, of, um, it's called The Disciples' Path, and it's about living the, the Wesleyan way. John Wesley is the founder of the church. And um, the, the commitments, the vows that we take, and not everyone that comes here is a member, but um, the vows that we ask people to take when they, um, if they choose to become members are you know, pledging prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. And so this week we're talking about service, and y'all are great examples of serving in the church and, and beyond the church. Service doesn't just mean, you know, here on campus. Um, but um, I wanted to talk specifically about spiritual gifts because I think that's a great way when we're looking for ways to serve um, to understand our spiritual gifts. I mean, nobody's spiritual gift is cleaning the toilets. Let's be, but sometimes things have to be done, right? When we're helping out, there is there, there, there are things that we have to do that don't necessarily fall into our top spiritual gifts. That's just a part of showing up and being a part of the community. Um, so I'd kind of like to talk about spiritual gifts. I remember I was pretty early on when I first had done this spiritual gifts inventory 
and, you know, kind of surprised by, not surprised by all of the results, but surprised by some of it. And as the years have gone, I've been able to understand it, not only that, but also um, God a little bit better. So who uh, here has, that has taken the spiritual gifts inventory can talk about kind of what those gifts are and, and maybe if you were surprised by any or how those were able to show up for you? Gosh, I can't, re- this is Phyllis, I don't remember even when I took the first one, uh, but I think the first gift that came up to me was faith. Um, and that played out for me in several instances. I spent many years as a camp director, and I took over Potosi Camp outside Vegas in um, the early 90s, and the goal was to build a camp, and I just always knew if we did it. And then my other gifts of hospitality uh, came in because I felt like if we just gave people that overwhelming sense that they were welcome, that we met their needs while they were there, and that that would that would work out, and it, it has played out that way. I'm very grateful for having that experience. And then as I went on my way, I, I left Potosi and went to Blue Lake in Alabama, another place that needed to grow and the faith that we could do that and got to spend COVID in North Carolina when we couldn't operate at all, and yet there was a faith element that we somehow will find our way through and be successful. And that has, um, for me, has really helped me build my faith and my trust. And that um, I think that helps other people have it. When they see somebody with a really strong faith and trust, it helps them, well, I can't stand on my own trust right now, but I'm going to stand on yours. And that's been a blessing for me to be able to invite people into that trust with me and be there for them. Yeah, I love that you share that. Um, faith uh, is one of mine also, and sometimes you're like, what do you do with that? But I, 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 that explanation I wish I'd heard a long time ago <laughs> because I think I think that's really great. A lot of what um, showing up in faith is, is, is what's needed in circumstances. And, yeah, you've certainly been in many of those. So thank you for sharing. Katie, what about your gifts? Um, okay. Well, I don't know if I've done the spiritual gift class, um, but I know, I know some of the spiritual gifts and I think definitely, um, spirit music. And I love that those go together because I think it really is a spirit thing. It's, you know, moving a congregation into worship together. Um, and we feel that spirit together and we feel that energy among all of us. Um, and I think that that is definitely, um, something that is a spiritual gift for me. And then also for the rest of the praise band, also the choir, you know, they do that beautifully too. Yeah. It's really wonderful to watch because it's very evident that you, you are just in the moment that this is, it's not really a performance for you. It's, uh, it's, you are moved by the spirit and you're moving us all along with you. So I want to ask what that feels like for you when you're when you're when it's happening. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I just think I, I I am just filled with joy when I am up there, um, and I hope that everybody's filled with joy. And I feel like our energies resonate, you know. And I feel if we can go up there and we can, um, you know, worship God and just feel into that, then everybody else can just really feel into that. Mm-hmm. So it feels good. It doesn't feel like you know work. It it feels like you know I I look forward to it. Yeah. What's interesting about the 11 o'clock service, because every service has their own little personality and dynamic, but you, by the, when you start singing, I mean, many, many people come after the service has begun. So you kind of start and that, you know, you build into it. And as you're building into it, people are, are still arriving and coming into that. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's two people, there's never two people out there, but whatever it is <laughs> for you, it's still the same. 
for you, it's still, you know, you're there and you're praising. And, you know, I heard you say one time that, you know, you start singing and next, you know, you open your eyes and like, oh, there's all these people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the phenomenon of the 11 o'clock service. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're just into it. Now. In the beginning, nobody's there. And then all of a sudden you open your eyes and there's a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> Must be you. Must yeah. be you. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Anybody else have um, thoughts on the spiritual gifts and and what you know about yours? I'll mention that I really, um, I've taken many spiritual gifts inventories over the years, and they can change. Uh, One that has never changed for me is my top one discernment. But what I love about the spiritual gifts, if you take that, is that you'll always get the ones that, that work together, like discernment, but then knowledge. You you kind of have to have both yeah. to do a good job at it. And God gives you gifts that work together. Um, and I love that. I love that, like uh, Katie just said, spirit music. But she also has the gift of leadership. So yeah. see how that works together? Yeah. God does that for that's us. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I think that's, if you take the spiritual gifts class, one of the exercises that Pastor David does is like, all right, well, here's this person's gifts. What does that look like? Right? What does that look like in the church? And um I know one thing that came out of, because I was in the class, the last class when you took it, um, using those gifts to help discern the next pastor because Pastor David's retiring, and we're all happy for him because, right, he's been a good and faithful servant, um, but to have someone like you with that that knowledge and discernment to be able to be, a you know, kind of a part of that process and, and, and knowing that you're praying for that, I think it makes me feel really, you know, at peace too. Well, that's part of it is I needed to tell people we need to pray for the new pastor. I mean, that is our duty to pray for the new pastor. And that was just laid on me, I think, as part of that discernment gift. I'm not sure. But that is to pray for the new pastor and for us to receive this this person that's going to gift us Mm -hmm. to lead the congregation. So that is something we all can do. No matter what your gifts are, no matter what your role is, is to pray yeah. in that way. Yeah, and that's I think coming out of the discernment, recognizing that and sharing that, and I think that's really that's really beautiful. And yes, we do we do need to be in prayer for, um, you know, I've talked about this, and Phyllis knows this. I've only been through a pastor change one time, and you know, I was devastated that we were changing pastors. I couldn't believe they were doing this. I didn't understand this itinerant thing. And then my pastor left one day, and then the next Sunday, here's this new pastor with this wild and crazy hair and all these kids. And you know what? It was Pastor David. And it was like, I'm like, whoa, whoa to all of this. What is this going to be? And it was great, and it was wonderful. And so I think also sharing that, um, and that's where faith comes in too, sharing, you know, we need someone with faith to say, hey, you know what? This is going to be okay. We need someone with discernment to say, this is what we need to be doing. And I think... In these times of change, all of these, all of these um, show up. So, Dorothy, yeah, Phyllis. Well, I wanted to say, and, and Vivi addressed it, that um, you do grow and change. And I think just like with personality tests or anything else, as you get older, you become more well-rounded. Lots of you begin to develop gifts in certain areas. Um, and for me, the thing that that does when you know what those are is it takes a lot of fear away. Uh it's once you have that assurance that this is my gift and that God will use it, 
then I don't have to be afraid of it. I still have to pay attention. I still have to discern. I still have to do those things. But the fear is gone. And I think maybe Vivi is, is part of that now with this discerning process. The, the fear of changing pastors, the fear of changing families, the fear of changing anything is gone because we know if we're obedient, we do what we will, it will be God's will. And that helps all of us, I think, take a deep breath and relax. Yeah, very, very true. So, Dorothy, what about you? Anything else on your spiritual gifts and and how you've been able to to serve throughout the years? I know everywhere you've gone, I'm I'm sure you've shown up in service. Some uh, things that surprised you, or um, no, um, well, I guess um, but my spiritual gifts when I took the class came out to be service was first. I think work and help was second, and ministry was third. Um, but yeah, the other church that I was in, they didn't have a lot of groups that uh, did anything. Uh, we have a women's crochet group, but I don't crochet. And um, um, I found here that there are more groups that want to serve or want to do things, and there's a variety of things to do. And, of course, for me, anything that requires work, I'm, I'm in because um, I can't be idle. I have to, I have to do something. And, uh, and I always just wait, and if God tells me you need to do this, and if I think, well, you know, I don't know how, but he tells me to, it's like, try it. And, and so, if, um, like I, I just say, um, uh, if there's something you need done and uh, you, uh, you don't know who to call on, ask me, you know, if I know how to do it or I can learn quickly how to do it or I can help in any way, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I know um, it's hard for me to, I like to help people. I'm a helper and it's hard for me to ask for help. And even people will say, how can I help? And it's, you know, so yeah, I'm getting to you, Brenda, because I know. (laughs) So it's, it is very difficult to ask for help and you think, oh, you know, I got to do this or I don't want to impose. And, you know, Phyllis has been good about teaching me about that. You know, you're taking away someone's opportunity to, you know, be a blessing and, and the blessing they get from that. And so people, you know, like you, Dorothy, that say, you know, just ask me um, and there's a way that we need help. It's it's such a it's such a gift. And so, Brenda, I know you're one that you have um, administration is not one of my top gifts. My my job before this was a lot of administration. And I know about myself. I, I can live in the left brain world. It's not my favorite. I'm more of a right brain person, but it's very hard for me to live in both both worlds at the same time. It's hard for me to be doing like right and left brain things at the same time. And so your left brain administrative helping, you know, is such a gift, not just for me, but for many others. So, you know, talk about what it's like to be able to, I know a lot of what you do is in a supportive way that allows people to do the ministries that, you know, they're called to do and really to use the gifts that they have. And you help a lot of us out. So if you could talk a little bit about being able to show up with your God bless you. You love your spreadsheets, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love my spreadsheets, and I do them for Pastor David for his end-of-year reports. Um, that's the first thing I started doing in the office. Um, and then I help the staff, whatever they need, because their focus is the ministry that they're in. They don't need to do the grunt work. That is what I'm here for. I'm here to help the staff. They don't need to do grunt work. I hear to support that. Well, you call it grunt work, 
but it it's it's really the organizing. I mean, you're, you're selling yourself short there because it's it's really there's a skill to what you do, yeah, and a discipline to what you do, and yeah. And well, it's like the the a gopher and a gripper at a movie studio. You can't do that without them. Right. So you can't do your ministry without me. Right. So don't, so, don't, I'm just saying, don't sell yourself short. It's, it's not that what you do is easy. It, it takes time and commitment and yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I also do, I'm back up in the office. I'm also back up in Sunday school. Like this weekend, Gail's not there. Um, I also, um, I will be at NASCAR this Saturday and on Sunday. Uh, Sunday I will be at church because I'm back up to a lot of people because a lot of people won't be here this Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I love doing that. I love being the support person. Um, and for the first time this year, I decided to be something in charge. And it would, if that wouldn't be possible because of what the process I've been doing to be get the confidence to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. I am the person, uh, the worship leader for this church. Mm-hmm. We haven't had one. Mm-hmm. Because of COVID. Yeah. And I'm the one who makes sure that we have communion servers. So I make sure that um, everything that involves in that, like the next day I have to do is set up the flowers for All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. The next all thing is getting things. Advent readers. So I have a schedule for all that. I love it. I'm trying to get organized. I'm like a little bit overwhelmed, but I'm getting there. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, people walk into church and you don't realize, you know, how many things are going on in the background and until someone's missing, someone's not there that Sunday, you're like, oh, <laughs> where'd that go? Or, yeah. And, and I think I love that you said about, um, you know, building confidence, because I think when we're serving where we're supposed to serve, I think they, we, we show up to serve God, but I think that when we're getting something back and that's not the reason we do it, I think it's a good clue that we're on the right path. Like, even if you're exhausted, like if you go on a mission trip and it's exhausting, but you come back energized, then like, hey, I, I think maybe that was using some of my gifts and we're going to talk about our passions too and where they can come together. And sometimes things, you know, one of my top gifts is empathy. It sounds really great, right? That, you know, having empathy I have been in positions that that is not great. That is not a good gift to have. And David, you know, he always likes to joke around that that's one of his bottom gifts. Um, but he has sympathy and a lot of care. It's not that you're not a caring person, but um, empathy um, can can take you really off track and you can, you know, get overly involved sometimes. And um, years ago at University Church, and you know this, I was director of the direct of the resource center which meant I was in charge of discretionary funds and you had so much for every month. And it's like every person that comes in, you just want to help them in every possible way. And, and sometimes it, empathy can also be, make you an enabler. <laughs> and I was, I had a hard time with balancing that. And I finally just went and I'm like, I am really terrible at this. And it's, I'm, I'm kind of an overachiever, so it's hard to admit, but I'm like, I can admit, like, this is not a good job for me. It's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> You'd need someone like BB doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was just like, you know, it's it's just, I thought it was doing good. But um, so it's it's also being able to recognize when you're like, maybe I'm not, maybe this is not the way for me to be serving. So has anyone um, found that experience of, you know, maybe serving in the wrong area or wrong place? Um, I think 
in my life, I was a camp director and I've been a, a volunteer in a lot of areas, but my most recent incarnation uh, was serving as a lay leader of a church, a, a lay clergy. And that scared the daylights out of me because there was so much about that knowledge being one. I was so fearful of what I didn't know that, and you're afraid. I mean, if you're up there behind the pulpit, it's like, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I, you know, oh my gosh. And yet um, the gifts that I had stepped in and I began to realize that along the way, I had a lot of knowledge. I've been doing Bible studies for 30 years. I've been in Emmaus. I mean, I had some gift, not the gift, but some gift. And there were people to help. You know, I I tell people I never invented, you know, in 75 years, I've never had an original thought, but I read and learn from really good people. So those things that I didn't think I had, I had access to shall we say that? But I know in leading a church and also in leading camps, there were evidence of areas that I was very poor at, administration being one. Thank you very much. And I've learned that, well, then if that's not my gift, find somebody whose gift it is and let them help. You know, that I, I'm old enough now to be humble, to to say it's not my gift. And my best use of my time is not doing something I'm not good at where someone else could excel in it and we can look good together. I love that you said that, Phyllis. And Phyllis, actually, she has the Body of Christ Rolodex. So she's got this whole Rolodex. <laughs> and um, it's, there are a lot of us are, yeah, it was our Rolodex for those, yeah, millennials and uh, under. Um, yeah. And so it's really, it's great that you know people that, you know, have those gifts. And it's wonderful when we share and even just learning from you all, I know, oh, next time this is what I'm in need of. This is who. So I wish our name tags really said our spiritual gifts and, you know, but uh, ooh, good idea, new project. But um, I wish everyone wore name tags. But <laughs> but um, I, I think um, recognizing that we're all a part of the body of Christ and it takes everybody's work. And so no part, no one's part is, you know, bigger or, you know, more or unimportant or, um, you know, but also recognizing that we are not the elbow and the eyeball and the leg. We can't be all of it. And when we get ourselves in those situations to recognize like, okay, maybe we need um, someone that uh, has that gift to step in. Yeah, baby. I agree. I've been, I'm in some leadership roles. That's not one of my gifts. Hello. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes there's a need and you step into it, and God will reward you for that, even though it's not your gift. You often don't know until you try, and I think God wants us to step out there. God will take up the slack, so to speak, and give you a lot of wisdom about yourself that you didn't know, like you, Julie. Right. Uh, how much have you learned from that experience, that empathy experience? You learned a lot, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think we should be um, just, oh, I have to know my gifts. No, God will reveal if you step out mm -hmm. and serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you make a good point. And, um, you know, one of my gifts, I think number four, that for years and years I sort of dismissed and thought it was a flaw in the um, survey <laughs> was evangelism. Like, I am not an evangelist. That's not what I am. Until I could be in situations and go, Oh, what I'm doing here, this is I'm this is evangelism, just not in the that's where it gets a bad connotation, maybe. And so maybe I, I just dismissed it. But um yeah. Katie, what about you? 
Well, I agree with you guys that you do need to try things out. I think um, right now, uh, at a time when everybody just seems to be so busy, it is very important that you figure out what it is that lights you up and spend your time doing that. You know, I think it, it's it's important that if you know something's not working for you, you, you got to let it go. Mm-hmm. I've wasted so much time, you know, feeling like I needed to step into roles and doing them even though they weren't something that, you know, and, and I was left just kind of burnt out. But mm-hmm. I feel like um, as I shift my focuses more towards the things that I love to do, um, I feel like I can be the biggest blessing in doing those things. Yeah. I have a friend, Phyllis knows, um, and she, I, one time we were doing something and I asked her and she said, I'm so sorry, that's just not my best yes today. And I was like, brilliant, stealing that. I love <laughs> and, that. And um, recognizing what's, because we there are a lot of great yeses out there, but maybe it's not our best yes. And I try to let people go all the time and not, not let them go, but set them free to do other things and say, if you are not a joyful servant, you know, let me help you find a place that you can bring. And sometimes you can be a joyful servant for a season doing that. And then, yeah, when you're starting to get a little snarly about it, then if you're not feeling joyful, then the truth is probably the people that you're quote helping and serving are not <laughs> receiving joy either. And I think we've all seen, seen examples of people that showed up dutifully to do whatever it was, but grumbled the whole time. And so I, you know, try to check myself, but I want to talk about, um, our passions. And so passions are different than our gifts. Um, sometimes they can collide and I want to talk about that. I discovered a passion I did not know I had years ago in the 90s when I was asked to be a youth director for it made absolutely no sense whatsoever at all. Um, And I was terrified of teenagers. And to to be truthful, I was terrified of them when I was one. I said yes. I don't know why, probably because I was afraid to say no. And the result is I found like I am really passionate about these young people. Like this is something that... um, I have so much passion and care so much about and can be so invested in. And so love to hear about some of the passions that um, others of you have. Well, I also found a passion I didn't know I had. I had, I've told this story laughingly, said to God one time, I'll do anything, just don't ask me to teach Sunday school. And he never has, but he asked me to be a camp director. So um, I got into that not knowing any, I mean, I've been to camp once, but not knowing anything about it, and spent 21 amazing years getting to be a part of camp and retreat ministry, and that was uh, that was such a blessing. And out of that, I gained so much confidence. Right now, my passion is for labyrinths and prayer labyrinths, and I've gotten involved in them, and I've gotten other people involved, and just helping people to know that there are places and opportunities to experience something a little different. During COVID, it was great because many of them are outdoors and it gave people some place to go and something to think about. And so um, I'm excited to see where that passion and the involvement of other people around me who have the same passion will lead us. Um, I also had an unexpected um, passion show up kind of during COVID. Um, we didn't have a whole lot to do. And uh, my dad always wanted me to go to college. So I was like, well, okay, I'll go ahead and start going to college. Um, so what am I interested in? Well, I spend all my time on podcasts and, you know, watching things about, you know, health and um, science and stuff like that. So let's go ahead and go into health science. So that was kind of a surprise, especially for somebody who didn't do very well in high 
school turning into somebody with you know a 4.0 in college about to graduate with their bachelor's and honor societies while I have children and a full-time job it's just it's unbelievable to me now um but I just am so passionate about um you know like the circulatory system and um you know food justice and you know how socioeconomics play a role in you know your health and stuff like that and these types of things just like I'm so excited about you know and I'm really interested to learn about um and I know one day that 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 will translate when I have more time it will translate to um the way I serve in the church as well um but yeah it was just unexpected you know you never know the way things are gonna turn out for you I, I love I love so much that you did that. You, so many people did such great things at that time, and that's what better thing than than to be able to go and get your education or something. Yeah. And so Dorothy, I know you love to build things too. I know because yeah. I've seen pictures, I've seen photo evidence of this. You like to create things. So um, would you say that's a passion for you? I like to build things. I like working with my hands. Uh, I I like. The reason I like to build things because I'm usually building it for someone else. It's not for me. It's something that somebody wished that they had done. And if I have the slightest idea of how it might be done, I start working at it. Um, so I did build a deck at my house in the backyard because mm-hmm. my daughter wanted a deck. We only had rocks in the backyard, and how can you have people over and sitting in the rocks? So I uh, built the decking for her, and the baby can play out there and everything. Um, also, I'm mechanically minded. My neighbor down the street is sometimes working on his car, so I go down there and put her on his car with him. Um, <laughs> my other neighbor was throwing away her granddaughter's bicycle because the sprocket was broke or something. So I, this is how you fix it. You need this part. You know, fix it. Uh, it's just something that people need and I can do it I just I just love helping people to get it done I don't know if I told you this Dorothy but when you became a church member I told my mom I'm like my mom's name is Maxie I'm like oh we have a new Maxie in church (laughs) you remind me of my mom a lot she builds stuff and my kids when things would break they would just put it on top of the piano that was the place that grandma would just retrieve it and repair whatever it did not matter and you would tell them oh grandma can't fix that yes she can she can <laughs> grandma, can, grandma can fix anything she grew up on a farm so I think it has to do yeah, with that so, did I. so BB are you passionate about computers and all that would you call that a passion I well I never would have um, but again it was the pandemic that changed things I come from uh, my career was kind of in technology and so when the pandemic hit I re- and everyone went online, I realized uh, not everyone knows how to do kind of expert searching and that kind of thing. And it was really crucial, you mm-hmm. know, to find vaccines and find out real information about what was going on. So um, at that point, I started to teach um, online classes at Osher Institute for Lifetime Learning at UNLV. And I continued to teach three years later, just all kinds of things. And that goes to uh, people 55 and over, semi-retired or retired. And all of a sudden, even though that's not one of my gifts, Mm -hmm. teaching is not one of my gifts, I am passionate about that. And um, I feel like that's a good service. Mm, I think it's great. In four months, I will qualify for your classes. (laughs) (laughs) And, And also, you know, any teacher knows this. 
that you learn more than your students when you're preparing. And that's true because I also, I'm not passionate about computers, but, you know, I had to get on board. I'd never done Zoom and I, I, I did learn a lot about things I never thought I had to know because I had to show people how to do things and teach. And so, um, but yeah, we're, we're grateful for you. So Brenda, what about your passions? Um, I made fun of my passion because my passion is I like doing red tape paperwork. Um, it to me, because it's so hard to do and so frustrating to me, it's just helping somebody get through it. Mm-hmm. And if I can help them do that, it goes back to doing the stuff to help people. Mm-hmm. I love helping people. You're passionate about helping people. Uh, yeah. You're passionate about yeah. getting and, through those and obstacles. And red tape paperwork is just, oh, that's just so much fun. She loves red tape. I know. She kills me. <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't, Brenda? Who doesn't love red tape paperwork? Uh, no. Anybody? Mm-hmm. Nope. Nobody here. Okay. <laughs> and and we're grateful. You've helped me through red tape paperwork, too, and other people. And you you can help in the in the resource center, people uh, navigating services. This is what I have learned in trying to help people. And I've done this for a living, but it's very difficult to navigate people who need services. It's a very hard, hard thing to, to do. There are a lot of obstacles. And so it's great that you are able to help with that. You have to be able to, I receive some of those services and you have to be in it. If you don't receive those services, you don't know how to do it. You don't understand. It's you whole, don't understand it. You have mm-hmm. to do this or to do that. Yeah. Yep, the whole language to itself. Yeah, it's a different language. So a favorite quote um, is um, from Frederick Buchner, who defines vocation as the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And, oh, I love that. I love that so much. And uh, it certainly has been true um, in my life. And even my passions have been, you know, recently shifting uh, for years and years of being passionate about working with young people. I found a new passion working with elderly. And it just brings me so much joy. And I see a need. And now um, it's suddenly a need that I didn't recognize was as great just seems so obvious in everywhere I look now and so um it makes it kind of confirms for me like oh this is an area to spend to spend time so Phyllis how about you I don't know as I'm, I'm sitting here listening one of the things that pops out to me is so often we get a spiritual gift and we think there's only one way to use it we get very um, categorized about, well, if I'm this, if I'm that, I can't really do I love that that Katie is creative musically and also now science-oriented, that BV is, is, understands technology, and yet I got to attend a retreat that she did where she was very much about ministry and passion. And I think we're very quick to want to say, well, that's not my gift, or this is my gift, so I can't do that. I remember several years ago hearing a young woman who graduated UNLV in an engineering field, do a sermon. And it was so creative because she was so left brain. And I thought I would have never been able to say that. But I thought, how many left brain people heard her and went, that makes sense. And I think that's why we have to remember that it takes all kinds to do everything, you know, because we'll be able to share with other people. And I'm just grateful for my gifts and the opportunities to serve. It's almost like you were perfectly made by God to meet somebody's need, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you know if you don't put yourself out there, you know? Yeah. Go for it. And 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 BB said that, like, you get a chance to try things, and, and there's just a variety of things here. And um, 
I think that's true. What BB says is this, you get to try new things and you're not really stuck in it. And if you, if you get there and, um, you know, do your time and serve and you can move on. I, I've done camp for many, many years. I'm sure camp will always be a part of my life, but literally two hours after I put camp down, uh, set it aside, God gave me a new opportunity. And so that's, that's kind of the way it works. I think, too, um, what Buchner's saying is <laughs> in the regular world, it's being in the flow or being in the zone. And that's when it happens. But, of course, like Katie said, if you don't try, you'll never know what that flow is, that really that God flow, that everything meets together your gifts and the world's needs. I like that, being in the flow, being in the flow. That's really good. I think part of it is it's asking and letting people know. We do have to put it out there. Um, you know, what, what are the needs? So if you're like sitting here listening, you're like, you know, I want to serve. I don't know where. Hey, great news. There are lots of places. So I, I'd love to just start with Katie and go around the table with some thoughts of ways that you think that people out there might, might uh, some needs where we do have some needs that might match up with their passions and their gifts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in in my ministries in the church, uh, we're always looking if you're musical, if you're a musician, we need you in the praise band. Uh, if you are willing to come be a chaperone for any youth uh, events or come sit in on a Sunday school or a youth director, uh, we'll even let you just come join us and see see what you think. See if you could lead a Sunday school. These are areas that we really desperately need people to come join and the youth need to be around adults as well and get to know the rest of the congregation. Um, so if you're interested at all in those things, I also am part of a mom's group. Um, if you're interested in, in joining that and being a part of that, um, we get into some really great conversations and devotions and we hear from all sorts of different speakers. Um, and that's called Mops on Tuesday evenings. Uh, yeah, just let me know. Reach out. You can reach out to Julie. She can lead you in the right direction for sure. Absolutely. And even if you're a mom whose kids have grown up and gone away, there's ways to be in service for that ministry. Like watch the kids. And I, I would assume yes. there's other things that we could do to support. Because yes. we were all, you know, many of us were those young moms that uh, it's, it's a very busy time. So thank you for that. So let's go this way. Dorothy, any thoughts there on some ways that people might want to that you see? Um, I know there are a, a lot of uh, possibilities, a lot of opportunities for people to just say, if they're interested in something, find out if it's happening and join in and uh, just help out. That's about it. I know you come to the pantry almost every day, and, and you said part of that's because we're short volunteers. So, right. you know, part of it is to serve, and part of it is because you know. And you serve in the choir, you sing in the choir, where Jake has this thing he says, that's he hasn't stood that close to me singing so maybe that's why he says it but if you can talk you can sing <laughs> <laughs> you see me i would see it count but you yeah, know you gotta listen to <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> um i think particularly at this point in my life coming back into this church after being away for two years so aware coming out of covid there's so many people who are even though they're present with us they are isolated uh, their friends have either died or moved or just changed their patterns of things. Um, and I love just sitting and listening to people's stories, 
uh, we have a beautiful place right outside the, the sanctuary on Sundays. I love sitting out there by the playground, and I noticed that everybody sitting out there doesn't have kids, so it's really great. Older people, but I think just listening and praying with people, you know, everybody has something they want to be prayed for. And they're afraid to say anything. They don't want to always put it on the prayer request line. That feels a little overwhelming to them. It's like, well, my prayer is not that important. Every prayer is important. And I think that's something we all can do is just sit and listen. And if you say, can I pray for you? I've never had anybody say no. Now, they may not be comfortable with me praying out loud for them. But when I say I'll pray for you, I try to remember to be sure and do it. And I think people just knowing when I can say, honestly say, I, I prayed for you, they go, I know, and I knew about it, I felt it. And I think that's something so simple that we can all do. And I hope, I always hope that encourages them to say that to somebody else. You know, when you see somebody who's in need, and don't we always see people who are in need? I think about the mothers in the grocery store or the people sitting in the waiting room in a hospital or something. There's always somebody who needs to be prayed for, and I think that's something, if we do enough of that, we will change the world. And Bibi, I know that you're involved uh, with the women's group and uh, and lots of other things in the church. So, uh, where are some places that you see that um, people that are looking for a way to serve or be involved? Well, United Women in Faith is a fantastic organization for women um, in the church and other churches as well. Um, there, I mean, there's so many different projects to support. These are projects. Uh, missions to support women, children, and youth. So there's something for everyone there. And we do spiritual growth as well as social action. And um, I think you can just look at the bulletin every Sunday and see all the meetings and things that you can join and find your place. Mm-hmm. And you also have a really great uh, reading list every year, the book the book list that is uh, put out yes, by Yes, yes, uh, very detailed. I mean, it's just uh, so many ways to grow in every um, aspect of mission as God's people. Yeah, that's wonderful. So, Brenda, you sit in the office quite a bit, so you probably have some thoughts on where you see some need. The coffee and cookies. Oh, there you go. On Sunday mornings. We're cookie church, if you're listening from, (laughs) apparently we're the cookie church. And I I like you brought up cookies because that's a great way. If you are kind of new or kind of not quite sure, being a greeter, being an usher, handing out cookies and coffee, it's a really great way to get to know people. Just, you know, stand in the connection center and, you know, just the random things that come up. It's a good way to see what's going on and to get to know people. So there are some kind of, kind of dip your toe in kinds of ways to serve. And yeah, I think the thing is, I think God calls for all of us to be in service. The the Wesleyan way is prayers, presence, gifts, service, witness. And um, service uh, is something that, again, it goes beyond the church. I mean, look to ways to be a service to your family and in your community and in the world. But I hopefully um, you listening to these great women in the ways that they serve um, and show up kind of inspires you for for ways that you might want to serve. If you're looking for a way to serve and you're not sure, you know, stop by the Connection Center or, you know, stop by the church office or, you know, talk to the show up to one of the women's circles or, you know, see the pantry. It's it's uh, come to a food distribution or, you know, just get around people and talking to other people, I think, is is a great way. So even though I didn't give you a heads up, seven up, 
um, we always close our um, podcast in prayer, and I never pass up an opportunity to um, be a part of Phyllis when she's praying because I know that's a, a, a great gift. So receive this blessing of a prayer from Phyllis. Father God, Mother God, God of us all, we are grateful that you allow us to turn to you in prayer all the different ways that we pray. We're grateful for this time and this group of people, but also to those who listen and hear and who are searching, who are searching for your intention in their life, who can discern and love and step out and encourage. You created the church, Lord, and you didn't create it to be stagnant or only made up of certain kinds of people. And that requires all of us to participate and to serve with all the beautiful gifts you've given us. And thank you that we have all the people who can share in their their bodily work, their minds, their gifts, their voices, their creativity. This day, Lord, we ask for peace in our world and peace in our church and peace in our lives as we look to you in prayer. Amen.